Zephan Blacksburg here, and today I'm joined by Debbie Leone. And Debbie is a professional speaker, executive coach, and author. Debbie's unique strategies and processes help clients identify their hidden fears and shift those fears into courage. Debbie has helped thousands of women and men create work and life balance by living fearlessly and accessing their pain to experience fame. Debbie designed and created Fearless Living Leadership Training, a class for executives and professionals who want to take their leadership skills to the next level, and she mentors her students to communicate more effectively at work and at home, to set and maintain clear boundaries, to delegate in a manner that they've never experienced, resulting in increased productivity in the workplace as well as a higher level of work-life balance. Debbie, how are you doing today? I'm great. Good, good, good. So fearless living is a huge thing lately. And I think that, you know, whether it's the media that's trying to scare us into stuff or, you know, everybody else in the world, there's a lot to be afraid of. Um, so what have you seen just as being, you know, is, is this an epidemic <laughs> an epidemic. I never used it in that way. It pretty much is because our whole life, yeah, we're conditioned to live in fear. You turn on the news and everything's fear-based and you know, we're we're all we're all about not enough. I've got to make more money, more 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 as if we as if what is right now isn't enough. And so we live in that fear of not being good enough, not being lovable enough, not being valuable enough. And every single person that I work with is dealing with those fears. Yeah. And I know that like that was a big demotivator in a sense for me and a lot of the things that I was doing up front, uh, especially when I left my job because I was thinking like, well, I don't have money now coming in, so I shouldn't spend money. And it's like, well, if you're starting a business, you kind of have to spend money to make money. So, uh, you know, that right there was a pretty good lesson for me in, uh, you know, we've got to figure out something with where this fear of money is coming from and we've got to change that. So, you know, I'm sure you've known you know this, but I've actually heard from people that were only born with two fears in life, falling and loud noises. And so like <laughs> everything else is kind of created as we go along. Is that something that you've heard before? No, I've never heard of, what, what, what did you say it was falling? Falling and, and loud noises. And loud noises. Yeah. No, but those can be added to the list. Um, so, so yeah, I mean, I, I heard that basically those are the ones that we're born with that are like genetically ingrained in our minds. But after that, <laughs> you know, we come into this world and there's so many things that can scare us. And so from that point on, we build up, you know, all these preconceived ideas, you know, all these things that we're afraid of. And that's what ultimately prevents us from reaching our greatest potential, you yeah. know, in the future. So fear is, we're designed to experience fear. Fear is, you know, available to us to protect us. If a, a if a tiger is running at us, we need to be afraid so that we, that's a signal that we've got to do something different to protect us. So fear is not a bad thing. It's an energy, it's a, an emotion, a message that's a signal. However, what's happened to us, you know, currently is that we allow ourselves to be so driven by that fears in ways that we don't need to. So we, we use that fear to drive our behavior to keep us stuck, you know? And, and what's possible is to really be able to use that fear because right now, most of us are having our fears own us. They're using us. And so it takes awareness. It takes uh, being willing to be conscious of when that fear is there so you can say, okay, that's my fear. What can I do to shift that and do something different with it. 
Because yeah. really, fear can be your best friend if you're able to identify it and see, oh, yeah, I can do something different with it. And a lot of the times it's it's something that's coming up because we're about to do something great. And so it makes sense because it's, you know, it, it's there because back in, you know, caveman era, we had to fear getting eaten by tigers, but we don't have to fear that anymore. Yes. But to that same point, we still should fear that if we put our hand over a candle, our hand's going to get burnt, you Absolutely. know? So it's really about having the awareness to know when to allow your fear to drive your behavior mm -hmm. or to or not. Yeah. So in a busy world where, you know, awareness is, is such a, I don't know, I feel like it's a commodity, but we don't exactly use it all the time. Mm -hmm. um, you know, how do we start to better take advantage of that? Because so many people are thinking of what they've got to do later today or next week, or, you know, did I take the garbage out or did I finish, you know, writing that letter to whoever? There's yes. so many thoughts going on. How do we kind of cut through that to find a moment where, you know, we can say, huh, I'm afraid of this. Why am I afraid of this? And, and listen to ourselves. Yeah. So that's a really good question because so many people don't know how to shift that whole mindset. And so it requires first really um, being at your pain point, being in that place where you know that something different has to change. And then having the willingness and commitment to rewire your brain because ultimately that's what it is. We're so programmed to being in cruise control and to-dos and I've got to get this done and that done and that is fear-based. So it requires being able to do some you know, um, ex exploration of your inner world to see what's going on. It's kind of like lifting up the hood of the car and looking at, okay, this is working, this isn't working, we need to rewire some things. Yeah. Same thing needs to happen with yourself and so how do you do that? First, by deciding that you're going to do, you know, do some awareness work and then finding the support that you need. That's what I do. Yeah. And so when you say support, is this finding like a group of people that's going to help me? Is this finding a one on one mentor? Like what's the best way to, you know, if somebody wakes up tomorrow and is like, I want to stop being afraid of X, Y and Z, you know, who do they need to go to to help them, you know, get started on that path? Great question. There's a gazillion ways. There are so many resources available to do some personal exploration. There are books, there are workshops, there are mentors, there are coaches, that would be me. <laughs> um, there are all kinds of resources, but it's important that what, what works best, it's important that you find what works best for you and, and follow up with that. Yeah. There's, you know, that's, that's the, like I said, that's the work that I do. I work with people individually and in a group to help them identify what are my fears? Because so often what we think we're afraid of maybe isn't, you know, there's probably more that we're afraid of. So really bringing that awareness up to your consciousness is like that, that's an aha. And it's like, oh yeah, that makes sense. Now I can do something different with that. That makes perfect sense. I mean, I was completely afraid of money uh, leaving the job and also even going into last year, like I was taking a month off to travel and my fear was I'm going to get back and there's going to be nothing because I didn't do work and I didn't have clients and they're all going to be gone and they're all going to leave me. So what did that fear do for you? What did it cost you to be living in that fear? Seth? Well, so it 
probably made me very cautious of what I spent my money on while I was traveling. So I didn't enjoy the experience as much. Okay. Um, so while yes, I did things like Airbnb instead of hotel, I did enjoy that. But I was very cautious when, you know, going out to restaurants or where my meals came from or how much I was spending on food. And, and, you know, instead of doing fun, entertaining things, I you know, kind of passed on it. You know, so your fear pre prevented you from having a fuller and richer experience. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So it's important to really look back and see that so that moving forward, you can say, okay, this time I'm going to have the richest and fullest experience that I can because really your fear is just a made up story. Yeah. And the funny thing was when I got back after a full month of travel, I had, you know, you have your email on the road if you've got your phone with you. I had booked $6,000 in work. So mm -hmm. they're really like when I saw that number, I was like, this is insane. Like, why was I so worried about anything? Like all my clients are still there. Nobody ran away. Right. I just booked them a few weeks out instead of next week. So because over 90% of our fears never happen. So we have to remember that this is just a, you know, you're the author of this fictional story of something that's never going to come true. Yeah. So let me ask you this. What right now in your life are you most afraid of? Oh, man. I So I am, I'm writing a book right now. Um, okay. And I think there's two fears that go along with it. So okay. one being because of how much of a creative mind I have and how many ideas pop in like every second. Yeah. Uh, I'm worried that I'm not going to finish it because I might get an idea for another book or something else will pop up and I won't be able to complete, you know, one full idea, right? Like before okay. I jump to the next. Uh, and then on top of that, the second one is that when I do finally finish writing this book, whether or not people are going to like it and it would have been worth the hours and days of time of, of me having sat there and written all this stuff out and sharing a lot of my personal story. So, so what I get is really what you're most afraid of is failing with this book project. Yeah, I'd say so. And so what right now is that preventing you from having or doing? Um, what is it? What is the fear preventing me from doing? Yeah. Probably right from writing it because I'm supposed to be writing every night and I haven't written in like four or five days. <laughs> right. And what feelings is it preventing you from having? Um, I definitely feel overwhelmed right now. So the opposite of that would be, you know, calm and peaceful seas inside here. So, so do you see the difference? It's just a choice. It's a perception that you get to choose to hang out in. Right. And so the question that I love, I, I ask every day to my clients is, if you had no fear, what would you do? So what would you do today if you had no fears, Ethan? Does it have to be in alignment with the book or just in general? Whatever. Uh, my well, a big thing I've always wanted to do has been to go to Thailand. Uh, I wanted to go visit for like a week or two, um, but I've had bad experiences on long plane rides before, and you know it's another country with a different language on the other side of the world, and you know so there's a lot of things that come up for me with that. Okay, but if you had no fear, you would do it anyway. Yep. Okay, what else? Um, on top of that, what else would I do? Oh my gosh. What would you do with your work? Uh, I would take it all virtual because I've been considering moving all of my video stuff to an online uh, concept that I created over the last like six months. Okay. And you would also be writing your book. Yep. What else? Uh, speaking a lot more like every week. 
Okay. So you already have your list of what you know. That's We just did a visioning process, right? <laughs> you know what you want to create. At some level, we all know what we want to create. But what I just heard from you specifically around Thailand is, oh, well, I can't, be, or, you know, I, I shouldn't go because I've had bad experiences, blah, 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 blah. We let all those reasons and excuses stop us. And it's all made up. <laughs> yeah, like it does it's not even there. Right? And so what does it feel like to live outside of the fear when you're visioning and thinking of doing all this stuff? What would that feel like? Um, probably <laughs> a lot more exciting and adventurous because I'm definitely someone who loves to wander and adventure and just, you know, go with the flow. Um, and I'm sure a lot of the time I prevent myself from being able to, you know, be there in the moment and enjoy stuff. So when people are like, oh, let's go this, I'm kind of like, eh, I'm okay. And I already get from you that you you love adventure. You are adventurous. And that's that's your passion, you know. And so it's important that you see how your fear is blocking your passion. And here's the part that I love to preach to my clients is that um, our fears are what are most denying not just ourselves of our experience of life, but it's denying everyone around us because it's blocking everyone from experiencing the gifts that you have. Makes sense. So if you did all those things that you just read off, you know, said, how many other lives would you touch in a bigger way? Probably a lot, because at this point, I've actually considered breaking off into two books. So to be able to publish two books, uh, to be able to speak, you know, way more. I mean, right now I'm not speaking at all. So, you know, to be able to speak way more than that would, would have a huge impact. So that's the ticket. Our fears deny the world of our passion. And ourselves. So in a sense, we're, we're cheating ourselves and everybody else out of something good. Absolutely. So what is like, if there were just one big thing that we could do that would affect, uh, whether it's how we look at fear or how we act in the face of fear, what would that be? Like if there's one, you know, and, and I kind of think back to Nike, like just do it. I mean, maybe that's the answer. Um, but is there one big thing that we can do to help ourselves kind of let go because we're so good at holding on to stuff yes just do it <laughs> that's why really? it's that simple it's that simple because otherwise we stay stuck we only have two choices you stay stuck in the past or you move powerfully into the future yeah. you get to choose and the past is there for a reason because it happened already and you can't go there anymore and yeah but we go ahead well we I think you were going to say we were, we choose to return to it quite often. Yes. We think we are our past and we're not. Yeah. We're only who we are in this moment and who we choose to be in this moment. And, we ch and so we get to choose if we want to be living in fear in this moment or excitement. It's the same physiological response in, in the body, fear and excitement. The perception is the difference. Hmm. That's very interesting because those are two totally different emotions. There are two totally different perceptions. The emotion is the same because when you think about yeah, it. Yeah, well, so I guess they come through in a different way. Yeah. Think about if you're going to go for a ride on a roller coaster. You're either scared, but that feeling in your body is like really intense, right? Yeah. Or you're really excited. Well, it's the same feeling in your body, but your mind is what chooses how you're going to interpret it i don't think i've ever thought of it that way that's so and that's weird to think about it because i probably have this so i'm 
deathly afraid of roller coasters and it's more just I don't like the weightless feeling but like I probably respond the same way where you get kind of that hyperactive like shaky sort of giddy feeling but you know in more of a negative light if it comes from fear and more of a positive light if it comes from excitement. So if you're going to go on a roller coaster today and you had no fear what would that feel like? Probably pretty freeing. You know so that's what's possible. Yeah. That's what we deny ourselves, all that cool stuff, because we think we have to be afraid. That makes sense. And it makes me think of, I'm actually going to pull a picture here real quick. So I'm a rower and I always have to bring stuff back to rowing and the lessons that it's taught me. But if you've ever seen how somebody rows, I'm going to show you a little picture here. If you can see this guy, when Mm -hmm. he rows, it's actually he's facing where he's been he's not actually looking at where he's going because of the physics of the oars in the water um and so one of the most unique things about rowing is it's one of the few sports where you can only see where you've been not where you're headed Mm. you know in basketball you're constantly dribbling towards the basket in football you're always going to the end zone you're not doing it backwards you know you're not running backwards and so this is one of the unique life lessons I've learned from that is that, you know, you can look back at where you've been, but you can't go back there because the boat's moving the other direction. Mm. Love that metaphor. Sounds like a book title for you, huh? Yeah, right. Uh-huh. <laughs> and, and on top of that, one of the unique things about these types of boats, especially the Olympic racing ones, is they're so narrow that if you do turn your head to look at where you're going, you'll actually flip the boat over. So a lot of the times they'll make quick little, you know, peaks to the side and just look really quick with their periphery. And it's kind of like how, you know, we can't really look forward to see what the future has. We can kind of take a quick peek to see, you know, what's right in front of us. Uh, But you really don't have the ability to see what's, you know, 100 feet out, 1,000 feet out. That's a great metaphor because really fear is dwelling in looking back. It's really staying looking back and that you can't move forward that way. Yeah. So oh, yeah, I love that. What are some of like the biggest breakthroughs or, or maybe most irrational fears that you've seen people overcome just in the time that you've, you know, worked with people? Oh, gosh. Oh, my gosh. So many things. I mean, I think spiders is an irrational fear. Like, well, it's kind of, that, spiders is an innate fear. Like, ba- how come babies, how come babies know how to be afraid that they should be afraid of spiders it's like a primal fear that we know because spiders can be dangerous you know yeah so um so anyway okay oh there's so many things i've had i've had clients have such major breakthroughs uh with their career i'm just being general right now but they've changed careers dramatically they've doubled their income they found the ideal mate um I mean, the list can just go on and on. Um, They've achieved their ideal weight. Have you had people that have the fear of not being good enough? Well, so underneath all of those people that I'm talking about, they all have the same. That's underneath all of it. Every one of us feels like we're not good enough. So that not good enough feeling is fear-based, and that's what prevents us from feeling good enough. And so as I work with all of these people, they learn, they get to see that they're not good enough is not true. And they embrace that they are good enough. And that's when they achieve their goals. Yeah. So what about the fear of, um, oh, man, I just blanked on it. 
<laughs> I, there was one that I, oh, so the opposite, the fear of becoming successful, the fear of actually, you know, yes. totally making it and crushing it. It's huge. It's huge because if I succeed, that means I'm going to have to continue to show up and be responsible for myself. And what if I can't do that? So it's kind of a cycle of fear of success creates a fear of failure and it goes around and around. And so, and the fear of success, a lot of that is based on, well, if I shine really bright, then I'm going to be judged. Others are, aren't going to, and that's true. Others aren't going to like me and I'm going to have to be this new person. And so many people choose instead to continue to just settle for, for mediocrity and play small because that fear is so, so big, you know, it's so encompassing. Yeah. It, it's it's interesting to hear that because like I had my first hater with my podcast. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I was probably 15 or so episodes in and I had posted it to some blog site and uh, somebody comes in with a comment and says like something like what a dork or what a nerd like I would never listen to any of that. And it's like, that's that's fine. Like I so at first, like I was afraid in putting the podcast out there that, you know, I would get haters, but I now kind of turn that into if you're getting a hater you're probably doing something right absolutely and and so the more you are the more expressed you are with yourself and and unafraid the more you will be judged because too many of us live our lives making sure everybody likes us and so that so that we feel good about ourselves so really being in integrity and and fearless there will be people that don't align with what you say and so what you know, I tell my clients, and they, they, it takes them a while to get their head around this, that what other people think of you is none of your business. You know, so what if you could live in that? How could you express yourself not being worried about judgment? Yeah. That's a huge fear. Uh, oh, I'm sure it's it's especially from like a leadership role, right? Like if you're someone who's putting themselves and their message out there in front of a lot of people, I, I can see how, you know, you'd be worried what others think about it. And the truth is, you'll have a lot of people that resonate with it. And you'll have a lot of people that don't. And I mean, I just think of it like Democrats and Republicans, you know, <laughs> half of them are going to hate the president and a half right. of them aren't. So that's right. Yeah. And that's why I designed my fearless living leadership training to support people in leading their own lives from a place of fearlessness, knowing that you will be judged and it's okay. Yeah. So tell me a little bit more about what that training looks like and, and what people go through in that. So it's a, it's a, a nine month program divided into three modules. The first module we focus mainly on um, concepts of being a fearless leader and they're doing their own internal work so that they can embrace the work and the concepts so that they can go out and teach it. So the second module, which is what I'm in right now, is about how to apply these concepts and share them with the world um, by communicating effectively, learning how to listen better and whatnot. And then the third part is the certification so that they'll be doing an assessment and a you know, they'll be testing to see what where their strengths and weaknesses are. It's crazy transformative. The stuff that's happening within this group is just so exciting because they're really feeling empowered that they can be fearless with their own lives and, and the things that they're doing with other people because of it. I mean, when you shift, it's going to affect all your relationships and that's what's happening. 
Yeah, so that change in you is really going into everyone around you, your family, your friends, your network of people. You know, if you have a following, um, whether online or offline, I'm sure everyone's probably seeing that change. It's kind of like, you know, when you cut your hair, everybody kind of sees it and can tell. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, that's a great metaphor as well. Yeah, so it really works. As Gandhi said, be the change you wish to see in the world. And that's what's happening in this training. So. I'm really having a gas with it. Very cool. So is there anything else that that you'd really want to just send out to the people listening in today? I mean, we've got a lot of good stuff here where really the truth is you just have to do it. Whatever it is that's holding you back from it uh, is most likely not true, not real, not even there. Um, You know, is there anything else, just words of wisdom that could potentially motivate people into whatever it is that they have been wanting to do for so long? What I like to most drill home to my audiences is that by living in your fear is just preventing you from being the contribution that you are capable of being in the world. Because I believe that that's what we're here for, all to share our purpose with others. And when we deny ourselves that, it, you know, it, it constricts us. And it also, it, it so denies the world from all the gifts and talents and the uniqueness that you are. So that's what I'm all about. It's it's time to share more of yourself with the world because that's the greatest reward, giving of yourself. Yeah, and there's no need to, to miss out on more time by not doing so. You know, I'm sure some people live their entire lives in fear. You know, my grandmother, who's never worked a day in her life, you know, she got married very young and my grandfather always worked. You know, she's been afraid to drive the car more than around the block. So I don't even think she's driven her car in probably 10 or 15 years. Yeah. And it's like she'll hear me traveling all over the country and (laughs) she can't even get out to walk around the block. Yeah. Um, And so I think that, you know, not only is she missing out on that experience, but, you know, the neighbors she could run into, the friends she could go out with, the things she could do, it's really hurting everyone in the end. Yes, absolutely. All righty. Well, this has been a pretty good talk. Uh, What is the best way for people to keep track of what you're doing and learn more about you and your website? So go to my website, which is my name, Debbie Leone, D-E-B-B-I-E-L-E-O-N-I, DebbieLeone.com, and read more about me and, yeah, get a hold of me that way. And in the meantime, I'm going to be all over you with your trip to Thailand, your book. (laughs) What else did you say? Whatever else that is. There might be a second book. (laughs) Well, just focus on the first one now. (laughs) See the problem? (laughs) Right? (laughs) Awesome. Cool. Well, thank you for being here, and I will definitely be staying in touch with you. Okay. Thanks.